if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the fourth morning of the tenth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. We got a pair of gyms coming our way today, a pair of congressmen. Uh, to be precise, coming up in about a half an hour, Congressman Jim Renacy will join me to talk about everything going on in Washington, D.C. right now, including, obviously, his race against Sherrod Brown uh, for Sherrod Brown's Senate seat, which uh, honestly should have been stripped away from him a long time ago. But Jim Renacy will join us to talk about what's going on in that campaign and in D.C. as it pertains to the Kavanaugh nomination and more. That'll be at 9.35. Then at 10.05, Congressman Jim Jordan. Neither guy is on their regular rotation. We always talk to Congressman Jordan on Mondays, Congressman Renacy on Fridays, but neither are available on their respective days, so uh, they have converged and come together today a uh, pair of gyms uh, on this Thursday. So Renacy at 10:35, excuse me, 9:35 and Jim Jordan at 10:05. All right, so uh before and after and in and around those conversations, you and I can have conversation at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers gets you here. Twitter Find me there at Radio Done Right. As much as I despise Twitter, I use it because I have to. Radio Done Right is the uh, handle there. Look for me. It's all one word. And then on Facebook, it's France Radio. I have a ton of posts up there on France Radio. A lot of very important stuff for you to see, including a lot of comprehensive reports on what we're talking about right now and have been for the last two and a half, almost three weeks. And that is the unprecedented obstruction the unprecedented smearing, slandering, defaming, and character assassination of an honest, decent, professional servant to the American public by way of his decade-plus serving on the nation's second-highest court, and I speak, of course, of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, All of this is going on, and it looks like it's going to come to a head today and tomorrow. Why today? Well, because today um, the FBI report is being made available in limited fashion, two various senators in what they're kind of calling an equal but alternating fashion. In other words, they're not going to let um, uh, Republicans come in and read the document at the same time as Democrats and have them scrapping or arguing about what it says. They're going to have them coming in 
all in an alternating fashion where they can all kind of review this and uh, decide what they take away from it. A source familiar with the FBI report tells Fox News it shows no evidence corroborating allegations of sexual assault or misconduct by Judge Kavanaugh. Nine people were interviewed, and a tenth gave a sworn statement to the FBI. That's less than half the number of Democrats wanted interviewed. The FBI did not delve into Judge Kavanaugh's high school drinking habits because the Senate did not request that information. Christine Blasey Ford's legal team released a statement last night expressing disappointment she was not interviewed, saying those directing the FBI investigation we're not interested in seeking the truth. What exactly did Christine Blase Fraud want to tell the FBI that she didn't tell the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee? She testified for hours. Every question that could be asked of her was asked of her. How many different ways did she want to repeat her lies? I mean, essentially, that's what this comes down to. What, what more did she want to say? It, she had nothing new to say. This is just the latest obstruction tactic. This is just the latest delay tactic, the latest stall tactic. Hey, the report isn't valid because they didn't interview me. Well, they didn't have to interview the, you. You've already been interviewed about a billion ways from Sunday. They didn't interview Kavanaugh. Well, he was interviewed in the same way. What exactly are you going to say that's new? What is he going to say that's new? The bottom line is there is nothing new because there remains today what there was the day that Diane Feinstein revealed this ridiculous letter that Dr. Christine Blase Ford wrote, and that is a total and complete lack of corroboration, a lack of evidence, a lack of witnesses, a lack of everything that it would take to find somebody guilty, either in a court of law or in a court of public opinion. Five days of public hearings, 65 private meetings with senators, more than 1,200 responses to written questions from members, more than 500,000 pages of documents for review, the most produced for any Supreme Court nomination in our history. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell explaining last night on the Senate floor the reasons why enough is enough. There has been so much discovery. There's been so many, there have been so many reviews, seven different FBI investigations now into this man's background, all of the documentation, everything that he just listed, there is enough for us to bring this to a vote. It's out of committee already. It's time for the full vote. And Senator Mitch McConnell is pulling no punches. He wants everybody to know that this ridiculous charade has to end. There has to be limited debate from this point forward. Let's go vote. This information comes on top of what has already been one of the most thorough and most exhaustive Senate reviews of any Supreme Court nominee in the entire history of our country. And and there's just no disputing that. That is absolutely 100% correct. This has been the most exhaustive review. There, there has been no stone left unturned. His life is an open book. For crying out loud, he had to admit under oath because of the horrific, demonic, literally demonic, as in motivations coming from hell, from the Democrats, that he was a virgin on live testimony for crying out loud. His personal private life exposed for the world to see all because President Trump asked him to serve on the Supreme Court. It is an absolute atrocity. It is a travesty. Members will have the opportunity to review investigators' records. And as is the standard procedure designated, judiciary staff members with the required clearances will be authorized to brief members. 
By the way, nice successful job. By the way, did you did you notice that that ridiculous ringtone? By the way, anybody who has their phones set to that ringtone, seriously, you're doing life wrong. Take that ringtone off of your phone. You're just doing it wrong. Don't let that be there. Second of all, uh, it was very kind of whatever Democrat senator was in the room as Mitch McConnell was Mitch McConnell was speaking to allow that to continue to blare over his um, speech and his statement so that his statements were completely lost. And they were. I mean, I was listening intently, and I still couldn't stop, but, you know, could not hear, doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot. You just can't. Uh, so at any rate, Mitch McConnell making it known this is going to happen. This vote is going to I'm happen. I'm filing cloture on Judge Kavanaugh's nomination this evening so the process can move forward. And that's exactly what uh, conservatives and, quite frankly, can we just say reasonable, civil-minded people of all political stripes and persuasions should all have been waiting to hear. This, this cannot continue the way that it is. The left cannot be allowed to push this thing any further into October, to push this thing toward November, to try to do exactly what Lindsey Graham said they were trying to do, which is to try to get this thing past 2020. They were hoping to let this seat sit empty between now and 2020. That's exactly what they wanted to do. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that. He's right. That is exactly what they said. They want power. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. They can, Senator Graham. They absolutely can. The American people are watching, the American people are listening, and the American people, I think, have had just about enough. No matter how much uh, more obstruction you get from people like Democrat Senator Chris Coons. I am expecting that there will be some, some relevant and uh, interesting information in this report. Yeah, but you're going, to co- you're going to call it a farce. You're going to call it a fraud. You're going to call it incomplete. You're going to call it everything that your party does. Why? Because your party has never intended on actually using the information gathered by this FBI report in order to make an informed decision on your vote. See, this is the problem. The Democrats think that we have short memories. The problem, think, uh, the Democrats think that we uh, we don't remember what they said back in the summer when uh, President Trump was considering from his list of nominees which individual he would choose. Um, they they had placards filled out, except for the name that they were going to stop blank now. Whether it was stop Amy Coney Barrett now or stop Brett Kavanaugh now, it doesn't matter. They were always going to vote no because the Kennedy seat is sacrosanct. The Kennedy seat is too important for them to give up. The Kennedy seat could lead to a turn in some of the most important legislation or the most important decisions, rather, ever. Um, it's kind of funny. I had a 40-inch slip there because that's what so many of the liberal justices try to do. They try to legislate from the court. But what I was trying to say is decisions made uh, by the bench. I want to share this one with you. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you what, because i got a timeout coming here, so I'll, I'll share it on the other side. But I want to share with you a little bit more from the uh, uh, liberal Democrat senators uh, explaining their opposition to Judge Kavanaugh, even if he is completely cleared of any of, of the allegations that have been levied against him by these so, uh, quote-unquote sexual assault accusers, etc. Um, they have laid bare 
you know, their, their intentions here. It has nothing to do with sexual assault. They never believed it in the first place. It is that was a tool, a means to get us to our end, and our end is to stop Kavanaugh. And why is it so important that we stop Kavanaugh? Well, they're speaking out about that, and I'll share that with you coming up after we check traffic. Now it's 918. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, nine twenty three. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to. I, I, I've got some audio here that you just need to hear because if if you needed any more evidence that this was nothing more than a search and destroy mission, this was a this was an attempt to just drive this candidate from the process, this nominee from the process. Um, if you needed anything more, well, you have it now because. This entire smear about the sexual assault and everything else, this 11th hour Hail Mary and these lying liars who just lie to lie to lie to lie. I can't say the word lie enough. I find myself just just really stuck on this. I can't stop saying the word lie because I want everybody to know that ju- that uh, Dr. Christine Blase fraud is not a sympathetic witness who suffered some trauma and is just misremembering it and identifying Brett Kavanaugh. She's lying about everything. Every single word. So is Deborah Ramirez, which is why she did not want to come forth, and it took six days of prodding by a lawyer to get her to do so. And so, of course, is Julie Swetnick, who has got to be the most non-credible witness in the history of any uh, accusations ever. All of these women are contributing to a, a you know a massive. They're dealing a massive blow to the Me Too movement because legitimate victims are all going to be. You know, have a heck of a hard, much harder time proving their cases now because of fraudulent people like this. I talk about this all the time in, when it comes to the race card. When people constantly scream racism in order to try to advance an agenda uh, in places where racism doesn't exist, it becomes the boy who cried wolf. People get sick of hearing it, and then they don't believe it when there is an actual instance of racism that is causing harm to someone. Same thing with this. People aren't going to believe legitimate victims because of phony victims like this. So they come forward like this, all with an attempt to say, well, we, we just, now that we know this, you know, that these, this uh, judge has this history of, of potential sexual abuse, we can't let him sit. At the end of the day, they are essentially admitting that it's not about that. Their goal is to stop Brett Kavanaugh because of what Brett Kavanaugh is. He's a conservative-minded constitutionalist on the bench, and they fear what he will do if he gets to be a fifth and deciding vote on a number of important issues. They have hidden away their anger at the actual nominee himself because of his judicial ideology, which is constitutionalist and originalist. They've hidden away that anger behind a mask of, ah, but he's a potential rapist. Because if they just say, we don't like his politics, then they are not allowed to not vote for him. You follow my meaning? If, if they just are, are open about it and say, we don't like the fact that a conservative is going to replace a more independent-minded person like Kennedy here, then they can't not vote for him because they're supposed to vote on the basis of his qualifications. Like Lindsey Graham said, tell Sotomayor and Kagan I said hi because Lindsey said hi because I voted for them. Didn't like their judicial ideology, didn't like their activism. But Barack Obama won the election, he gets to make the pick. As long as they're qualified in their, in their uh, professions, they get to be confirmed. 
Same thing here. But the Democrats won't let that happen. This is Richard Blumenthal on MSNBC. Senator, we were talking about this yesterday, and you said regardless of what the FBI finds, you are going to vote no on Kavanaugh because you disagree with him on substance, and you have since the beginning. If the FBI, though, does not find anything conclusive or anything that would be a smoking gun or any serious or direct corroborations of any of the allegations, would you understand why a couple of your colleagues, Senator Heitkamp or Senator Manchin, would end up voting yes. After all, they're in, they're in really red states and they're facing competitive re-election fights. I would understand their views and their vote in any event. I would continue to urge them, however, very strongly, that they vote against Judge Kavanaugh because I think he'd be a fifth vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. He'd be a fifth vote that would eliminate people's right to marry the person they love, for women to decide when they want to become pregnant, for workers' rights and other rights. So I think our core principles and values would be violated. See, there it is. I mean, it, it's it's out there for all to see if you're just listening and paying attention. This is, they don't think he's a rapist. They don't think he's a, a, a serial drunk who, got, who went around raping people in the 1980s. They don't even question his judicial temperament. These are all just ways of, of, of getting past the fact that they can't beat him on the merits. The merits are he is a qualified judge who has sat on the second highest court in the land for well over a decade, has sterling reviews even from the Liberal American Bar Association, so they can't stop him. So they create and invent all of these other reasons to stop him, but at the end of the day when you strip it bare, you heard it there from Richard Blumenthal. We think he's going to be the deciding vote to overturn Roe versus Wade, to overturn uh, Obergefell, uh, to overturn uh, workers' rights, and so on and so forth. And so, because we don't like his politics, we're going to we're going to torpedo him. Republicans didn't try to torpedo the, the the nomination of Kagan because of her politics, or Sotomayor because of her politics, or hell, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you're qualified, you get to be confirmed. It's just that simple. You think Blumenthal's the only one telling the truth here? Here's Cory Booker laying it out. When his temperament has been revealed in an emotional moment where he used language that, that frankly shocked a lot of us. And then ultimately, not whether he's innocent or guilty, this is not a trial, but ultimately, has enough questions be raised that we should not move on to another candidate and that long list put together by the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society move on to another candidate because ultimately the Supreme Court is not an entitlement. Just because you went to Yale or were president of your class doesn't entitle you to the Supreme Court. This is a sacred institution. And the people that should be on it, whether you disagree with their political or judicial philosophy at all, the people who should be on the Supreme Court should preserve the integrity of the court and be beyond the reproach of these difficult partisan So times. Cory Booker admitted, you heard it in his own words, whether he's guilty or innocent of all of these smear allegations against him is irrelevant. He just shouldn't be allowed to sit on that court because we don't like him. We don't like his politics. That's what this is. He sees it as an entitlement. It actually is an entitlement. Senator Booker, if the president nominates you and you are qualified, your your political persuasions are not a disqualifying factor. Your your high school drinking is not a disqualifying factor. If it was, Barack Obama shouldn't have become president. Because he admitted to being a not only a drunk, but also a drug addict in high school. 
He said he lived his last two years of high school in a daze because of all of the drinking and drugs that he did, including cocaine. This isn't about that. This is about the President of the United States selecting somebody with ideals and ideology that you oppose, and therefore you're trying to stop him. And, and when you strip it all away and you strip it bare, that's what this comes down to. We'll talk more about this with Congressman Jim Renacci next on AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is. 935, the Bob France Authority continues. What happened to my music? It's no, it's gone. It died. I like living in the fast lane. I like me some Eagle stuff. AM 1420, the answer. 216-901-0945 is the number to join us. 888-281-1110. We'll get back. I've got more audio, including from Maisie Hirono. And I just want you to hear now that, uh, now that, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has uh, filed for cloture, uh, has filed cloture and is going to have this vote either tomorrow or Saturday, depending on what the procedure says. Um, the left is, is, is coming unglued, and they're finally coming back to the reality, and they're finally admitting what the real story is here. They never believed any of this stuff about sexual assault. This is simply an opposition to a man based on his political ideology. They don't like that he might overturn Roe versus Wade. He might be a fifth vote on Obergefell if it was to come back before the court. He might be a fifth vote challenging workers' rights or any of these kinds of things. They know doggone well the rest of this dog and pony show, this smear campaign, this defamation of character, this slander, and everything that they have done to uh, Judge Kavanaugh has all simply been a part of the quote-unquote resistance. So we'll give you the rest of that audio as we continue. But for now, we want to go to the other chamber of the uh, Congress. And ironically enough, it kind of touches this one, too, because current Congressman Jim Renacci wants to be Senator Jim Renacci and wants to help us do what we should have done a long time ago, and that's boot Sherrod Brown out of Washington, D.C. Congressman, excuse me, sorry about that. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, Bob. How are you this morning? I'm wonderful. Thanks very much, uh, Congressman. So, uh, so much going on here. Before we get to the campaign and we talk a little bit more about Sherrod Brown uh, and some of the lies and the smears and everything else that he continues to do, in my view, about you, uh, just about every other channel that I turn on, I see one of his commercials. Uh, do you have any thoughts watching from the other side of the uh, of the Congress about what's going on with Brett Kavanaugh now that uh, uh, the FBI re- investigation has been done? The report is being made available to senators to take a look at now. Uh, according to the White House, which has viewed it, there is no new new here. Uh, there is no corroboration for any of the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, and uh, they expect uh, that he'll be confirmed rather shortly. Your thoughts? Well, Bob, it's what I would have expected. Again, we know this was the hypocrisy of the left just trying to stop a nomination. It's the anti-Trump vote, which is uh, where we continue to go down this path. Trump was elected president. We need him to follow through and, and uh, nominate those that he believes should be on the Supreme Court. And in the end, uh, this is just another opportunity to try and stop it. But I've said all along, they're raising a standard of conduct. They better start looking within. I mean, Sherrod Brown has alleged abuse that, uh, not alleged, he has affidavit abuse. And yet these are unsubstantiated. Now they're going to come out and say, well, the FBI didn't talk to everybody. I heard that this morning. And oh, by the way, the FBI didn't talk to Dr. Ford. So that disqualifies the whole thing. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is just a way of stopping uh, uh, an individual from being nominated. And that's 
so why we need to make sure we remove people like Sherrod Brown and others uh, from uh, the Senate and put people who are going to move this president's agenda forward. Yeah, you know, it's such an important point to this whole thing, too, is, uh, you know, they, 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 the left wants so badly to stop this man simply because he is a conservative and he's being appointed by a conservative president, not to replace. They didn't fight this hard against Gorsuch because Gorsuch was replacing Scalia, and it's one conservative with another, and they knew the court uh, balance would not change. But this one tips the balance, so they will stop at nothing to destroy a man's life, to destroy a man's family, to destroy his career, in order to achieve their their, their end here, which, is uh, which of course, is to try to hold this seat open until 2020, win the election, um, and then, uh, you know, and then appoint a, a liberal to that spot. That's what this has obviously been. Sherrod Brown plays a role in that because, you know, he has been right from the beginning, like every other Democrat senator, a confirmed no vote. You know, before they even put uh, uh, Kavanaugh's name in the equation as the nominee, they were prepared to vote no against anybody that Donald Trump named. How can he claim he's serving the people of Ohio, Congressman, and the people of the United States by having such a closed-minded attitude toward uh, such an important position and an important nomination? Well, Bob, look, he votes with the left. He's the fourth most liberal senator, so he doesn't represent Ohio. Fifty-seven percent of the people in Ohio have already said they want Judge Kavanaugh confirmed. He does not represent the majority in Ohio. He represents the minority in Ohio. He keeps getting elected because he's a great magician and politician in in letting people think he's the man of the people, but his voting record doesn't uh, doesn't you know fill that void. So I keep saying the big difference here is. Sherrod Brown is the number one uh, senator for collecting lobbyist dollars. He's raised almost $24 million. I've only been in this race for seven months. He has now smeared me with $7 million almost, or $8 million or 6 It's somewhere in that number, and it's growing every week with advertisements. And I know people say to me, oh, you've got to get up there and, uh, and fight back. The problem is advertising statewide is $2 million a week. And he's been able to raise that kind of money from lobbyists just to smear me. He has not put his record out. I'd love for him to spend $8 million saying what he has done for the last 12 years or 25 years in Congress. The problem is he couldn't find enough to spend it on, and that's the issue. So he's spending it against me. Yeah, and that's that is it's quite obvious that that's what he's doing. And uh, you know, if he's been raising this money for his entire terms in in the United States Senate, obviously this is you know it, it, it it's borne out by the ads. Like I said before I can't change channels without having a a brown uh, smear ad against Renacci or or a or or, or Sherrod Brown is rumpled because he works so hard and all these other nonsense things. The bottom line is his voting record is his voting record, and his voting record is so far out of touch. And I don't need to tell you these things, but just to say to make sure everybody. He, it's so out of touch with what the mainstream of the people of Ohio, he's supposed to represent Ohio uh, citizens and constituents, and instead he is representing one tiny fraction of Ohio constituents, the liberal fraction, because that's how he votes each and every time, rather than trying to decide what the American people, or excuse me, the people of Ohio put him in that seat for. Well, Bob, and I will also tell you, this is the power of incumbency. This is where the people have to step up. People don't like... um, members of Congress, the House or the Senate that have been around a long, long time. But the problem is when they are around a long time, like Sherrod Brown, they're able to raise 22, especially in the Senate, 22, $23 million. They're able to smear their candidates to run against them. And that's why you don't get change. That's why I said we need term limits. I'm a big supporter now. I wasn't when I first went to Congress. I am now because of this situation. But I'm also a big supporter of just people getting out and, and removing Sherrod Brown. That would be 
if, if when we do this on November 6th, it's going to show people like these long-term career politicians that we've had enough with them. Congressman Jim Renacier is our guest. Now, you've got an event today. Um, you and uh, Congressman Johnson, who is another friend of this show. I haven't had him on nearly as much as I've talked to you or to Jim Jordan, but he's a good man, and I uh, I really respect him. You guys are going to be visiting the Ohio National Garden Ravenna today. Weapons facility there. What's going on? Yeah, we're heading there right now. That's why I've, uh, I'm actually in the car heading that way. But, we're, you know, we're going to meet with the Ohio National Guard's weapon training facility. We're going to talk about the missile defense system. You know, there are three opportunities for a missile defense system in our country in New York. One of them is New York, um, here, or Michigan, and I've been fighting very much uh, uh, to try and get it here in Ohio. This would bring jobs to Ohio. This would bring an opportunity to Ohio. It would bring a missile defense system here uh, to Ohio. Uh, Camp Preventa would be a great location for it. So we're going there to visit. We're going to meet with uh, the, the people here, and I'm glad that uh, President Trump is considering this. Uh, we just want to make sure that uh, we continue to push for it, and hopefully uh, it is the chosen site uh, when the decision's made. How many uh, locations are being considered? Just three. And oh, ju- down ju- to just just three, those three. Just just the New York, yeah. Ohio, Michigan. Okay. Okay, yep. so, there's, so there's a good chance then. There's a 33% chance that we do get chosen for this. Well, the only difference is New York is Chuck Schumer. I mean, again, you want to talk about the hypocrisy. New York is Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants in New York. Ohio's uh, Sherrod Brown, and uh, again, Sherrod Brown loves Chuck Schumer in Washington much more than he loves Ohio. So we'll see if he uh, if if uh, he doesn't uh, end up pushing it to uh, to New York with uh, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> yeah, that will Which be interesting. Be yeah, it, it would be it would be a travesty. Well. Yeah, it would be a travesty is what it would be, but it would not surprise me at all because uh you know I think we've pointed out it he has not uh, represented his constituents and represented the people of Ohio very well at all. Uh so let's hope that we can, uh, can you know despite whatever efforts he might bring there uh you know bring this bring this to Ohio. Uh tell me also you also had a recent event uh about healthcare. You were talking to some restaurateurs and others about uh, healthcare. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, we did a roundtable yesterday in Columbus, uh, talked to a number of restaurant owners uh, and hospitality people, uh, hotels. They're really having problem with health care, health care costs. I understand that, but it's really starting to be a problem with them able to uh, hire people. They've got uh, th- that issue. Uh, of course, they've got the inability to hire people. We, we don't have enough trained people. So there's a whole bunch of issues that uh, uh, we talked about. It was a good conversation, but in the end, we know we have to repeal uh, and repair and replace the Affordable Care Act with something, and, and I told him that. The problem is we have people like Sherrod Brown and others who want to keep the Affordable Care Act in place, and I don't think Sherrod Brown or others realize the damage that's going on with this Affordable Care Act to small businesses, but also to middle Americans who can't afford barely the premiums but then can't afford the deductible. So even though they have health insurance, they don't have access, and that's a real issue. They always want to talk about the Medicaid uh, individuals who are now getting health insurance that maybe didn't have it before, but they forget about those hardworking Americans in the middle that now don't have an opportunity because they can't afford the premiums and they can't afford the deductible.
Well, that's, you know, that's the untold story from the left anyway, ever since Obamacare was passed. You know, we kept telling everybody, look, sure, it's going to add a lot of people to the health care roles. There's going to get a lot of people who can get health care, especially with pre-existing conditions uh, that couldn't get it before. But number one, you're going to force people by way of the individual mandate to buy things that they would not ordinarily have bought. That's never been done before. Fortunately, thanks. No thanks to Sherrod Brown, by the way. But thanks to you and thanks to uh, President Trump and Republican members of Congress, all of whom are the only ones who voted for the uh, uh, the t- uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act just this year, it, thanks to that, the individual mandate has been repealed. So there's so many elements to this that Sherrod Brown and the left and the Democrats have been on the, on the wrong side of. Well, Brian, i got to tell you, I was in a car the other day with a driver who looked back at me and said, Congressman, he said, I make less than 50000 a year. I can't afford my health insurance, and I'm getting penalized. And I go, not anymore. We got rid of the uh, individual mandate. But there's a perfect example. I said to him, I need you on a TV commercial, because there's 180,000 people in Ohio that are being penalized, hundred and, and 85% of them make less than $50,000. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a very very important point. And then, of course, the other point is, as you just you know gave us some of the numbers of people who, you know, uh, lost their job or excuse me, lost their health care plans, lost their doctors because their premiums went through the roof, their deductibles went through the roof, uh, their copays went through the roof, and uh, and they just could not afford it anymore. So while some people were added to the rolls, there were a lot more people who were kicked off of it, which we have been dealing with now for the better part of the last nearly the last decade now since uh, this whole thing was ramrodded through in two thousand nine. Congressman Renacy, uh, really. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, keep up the great work. I know it's tough for you. Um, by the way, can you run down the debate schedule or at least tell me when the first one is? Because as I noted, um, I'm seeing enough of Sherrod Brown's you know, face and voice on my television screen, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of yours. I can't wait to hear you when you go face-to-face with him so we can get a real answer to some of the allegations he's made against you. So what's the, what, what's the debate schedule hold? Sure. The first uh, debate is on the 14th. It's, it's, uh, it's in Cleveland. I think it's either 6 or 7 o'clock at night. Uh, second debate is the following Friday. And the third debate, I think, is the following uh, Friday as well. Um, it's interesting. Uh, we, we got a notice yesterday that Chair Brown, he's unhappy, even though we had to follow everything he wanted in this debate. We could only have you know, 30-second intros, which is so ridiculous, which you can get into, but everything so we could get him in these debates. Now he's upset because in one of the b- debates, the TV, it's in uh, Columbus, just TV only, no audience. He wants his wife there. And without his wife there, he wants to pull out of the debates. It's so ridiculous. Wow. These were, these were debates that we allowed him to set up, and now all of a sudden he's, he's, he's talking about pulling out, which is ridiculous. Why? Uh, what's his reason? Why is he so afraid to sit down and talk with you or talk to the voters uh, uh, with you in the room? Well, I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, that he uh, does not pull out of these any of these debates because I think it's important that everyone hears the message, and uh, we'll see. But I think in the end, of course, he's concerned. He has nothing to say. He has nothing to, to talk about what he's done for the last uh, 25 years in Congress, and he clearly doesn't want to be on the same stage with me. Well, that, yeah, that's evident. He likes, he likes the, what he has, you know, spend 500 grand a week on television ads where he can say what he wants to say without any response whatsoever from you. And that's the unfortunate part of this, but that's why the debate needs to happen. Uh, Congressman, uh, thank you so much. I know you've got to get out to Ravenna. I'm sorry. What's that? I was going to say that's $2 million a week. That's the problem. Oh, is that what it is? 
holy cow, I had no idea it was that much money. But uh, obviously he's well-funded and he's willing to buy that Senate seat one more time. Uh, Congressman, I know you've got to get to Ravenna, so we'll let you run here. Thanks so much for your time today, and we look forward to that debate next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Congressman Jim Renacci on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 9.50. we got Congressman Jim Jordan. I told you we had a pair of Jims for you today, a pair of congressmen. Jordan will join us at about 10.10 after the top of the hour break. So uh, what we'll do is try to get a couple of your phone calls in now before the top of the hour. Uh, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. It's the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 93 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks to Congressman Jim Renacci. He will uh, be joined, well, not joined, but uh, he'll be followed up by uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who will join me at uh, about 1010 this morning. I want to go back to the audio clips that I was playing before we talked to Congressman Jordan, the, or uh, Renacci. The, um, the, the left's attempts to stop Brett Kavanaugh have been essentially laid bare for all to see. Um, the lies from Christine Blase fraud, the lie from Deborah Ramirez, the lie from Julie Swetnick, uh, all advanced and promulgated by liars on the Senate Judiciary Committee on the Democrat side, people like Cory Booker, people like Dick Blumenthal, people like uh, Maisie Hirono and others. They're all pretending that these things are real. They're all pretending that these things matter because they want Kavanaugh off the court so badly. And why? Well, they're starting to, like I said, they're starting to come clean. It's, it's, it's being laid bare. This is not about sexual assaults. It's not about high school drinking. It's about judicial philosophy. It's about being true to the Constitution, even if it means violating long-held liberal standards. Here's Maisie Hirono explaining. Fast forward to Friday, because Senator Mitch McConnell has said that he's holding a vote on this this week. One way or another, the FBI has these three days to finish their investigation. What is your comment to Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Jeff Flake of Arizona? What do you want them to know as they make this decision about whether to support Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation? What do you want to point to or what would you want them to get from what the FBI is looking into? It's not just what the FBI is looking into, although I hope that the FBI investigation will reveal various inconsistencies in what uh, Judge Kavanaugh testified to and all of the people that the FBI will investigate. But what they need to look at, in my view, is his record uh, and his outcome-driven uh, attitude toward the cases before him and this all were you know areas of inquiry uh, from all of us and myself included regarding judge kavanaugh and um, he has a pattern of uh, making decisions that limit a woman's right to choose that should be a major concern to susan collins he has certain attitudes about native peoples that should be a major concern to lisa murkowski and so we can't uh, i hope that they're not just banking everything on the fbi report there's enough evidence of his pattern of decision making not to mention his very expansive views of uh, presidential protections because he has he's the only one who wrote that mm -hmm. the president should be immune from any kind 
of criminal or civil proceedings while he's sitting in office. I'm- and he did not, of course, write that. That is a complete mischaracterization of what Judge Kavanaugh did write. But it doesn't matter. What you needed to hear, you heard. She's worried about Roe versus Wade. She's worried about... She's. It's not about his, his you know, these allegations against him for sexual misconduct. She doesn't like the fact that he's a conservative. That's it. Booker told you the same thing I played for you last segment. Blumenthal told you the same thing the segment before that. Now here's Hirono. This is about the fact that he's conservative. That's it. This is just protection of liberal rights to murder babies. First and foremost, they always cite Roe versus Wade first. They want the right to murder babies to be unabrogated. They do not want anybody getting in the way of that. So the rest of this is just a show. It's a sham. It's a farce. Let's find somebody to call him a child pornographer. It'll drag it out a while. Maybe we can get to the midterms and we'll win the Senate. Let's have somebody accuse him of murder. Doesn't have to be credible. We just have to have an FBI investigation, though. That'll buy us another week. Get us to November 6th. Then we win the Senate. Then we can make sure we vote him down and not turn the Kennedy seat over to a conservative. We'll hold it open until 2020 when it can be filled, if the Democrats win, by a liberal who won't threaten Roe versus Wade or anything else that they're so concerned that this fifth swing vote might, uh, you know, might impact. If you just, if you just try to sift through the white noise, you know, if you if you just try to focus, the answers are all there before you, before all of us. Look past all of the ridiculous charades and the histrionics that they're, uh, you know, spouting about. Just, just get down to the core of this. They said they were going to stop Kavanaugh before they knew the name Kavanaugh. Stop whoever Trump picks, because whoever Trump picks from that list is going to be a threat to Roe versus Wade. Must stop, must stop, must stop, must stop, by any means necessary. Just don't lose sight of that. Frank is in uh, Brook Park. Frank, you're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan is excellent. We know that. However, could you get him to slow down to about half his talking speed? Because he makes strong points. And, you know, each one is worth digesting. And if he goes so fast, it's like he's like a barker at the carnival. <laughs> well, guys, so, so, you know, I've been accused of the same thing. I'm I'm kind of a fast talker myself. Um, sometimes, well, no, I understand, but I'm I'm just saying you're not gonna you're not gonna change somebody's uh, speech pathology. You know, their way of their way of speaking is is the way of speaking. The important thing is uh, to understand what his core concepts are, even if he goes a little too fast for some people to keep up with. Exactly, I'm one of them. Comprehension is very important for old folks like me. <laughs> no, Frank. I, I no, I, I do understand what you're saying, and, and and sometimes I have to kind of like go back to things that one of my guests, like Congressman Jordan, has said before because it went so you know the uh, commentary and the conversation went so quickly, and I couldn't quite process it all. I have to go back and ask him to repeat certain things. But uh, but you know what? Like I said, we all have tendencies. This is the way it is. Some people are slow, methodical speakers. Some people are much more rapid fire speakers. Not, I'm not suggesting to say this because I said I speak fast, but. Uh, don't take this as a self, uh, you know, praising type of thing, but sometimes fast thinkers 
are are fast speakers. In Jim Jordan's mind, it appears to me just as worrying at about you know three hundred and fifty miles per hour, and as his brain is 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 rifling through all those things, he is uh, putting them out as fast as he can say uh, think them. Uh, so it happens that way. And I'm a fast talker that way, and he is as well. And I will do my best to try to uh, make sure that you understand what he has to say when he joins us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. This is AM 1420, The Answer. WHK, Cleveland, the service of Salem Communications. The NASDAQ at SALM. AM 1420, The Answer. 